Welcome back to And Also with Kat and Christine. Hi. Uh, so, you may have noticed we did not post the podcast last week, and that was because our recording day is Saturday. It was an eventful day. Um, we, we had a lot of emotion. Emotions are running very high from the fact that, well, first of all, the election week uh, was just a horrible, horrible mess. Um, very distressing. So, tension was already high, and we were feeling a lot of things. And then Saturday... Uh, when it, they announced that Biden had had won the election, the emotion, the relief that we felt was so much that we couldn't really think of anything else, couldn't even really sit down to talk about anything else, spent the entire day just like glued to the TV uh, to watch the speech, um, the historic speech given by himself and Kamala Harris. It was, uh, it was a lot. Yeah, I didn't want me sitting up here crying. <laughs> we didn't want to cry. So, so we, no, I did want to cry. Y'all didn't want me sitting up here crying. Right. So, um, so we decided to not record Saturday. We would just take a take a beat and then uh, enjoy this this uh, this moment, and then we'd be recording the following week. So, hello, we're back, and we are, of course, still reading Twilight. We are going into chapter um, sixteen, 16 uh, which we stopped. So we're covering a little bit of fifteen in this one because this is about Carlisle. Um, so this chapter is called Carlisle, but Carlisle's story really starts a little bit in, uh, before chapter 15 ends. So, we're going to go in there. Um, I just want to like, point out that it's it's really interesting because I don't think I really realized... I mean, I had an idea, but I don't think I really realized how obvious Edward's daddy issues are <laughs> um, until we got here. Like, before, like there was kind of like this hero worship with, with Carlisle, but uh, just the daddy issues... <laughs> That come up because, but well, well, we'll see, because Carla himself had daddy issues, but we'll we'll get to that. So Edward's taking her on a tour of the house, and so he's showing her different places: Emmett's room, Rosalie's room, blah blah. blah. And so she stops, and she's kind of awe, and he goes, "No, it's okay. You can laugh. It is sort of ironic." And then it goes into describing what exactly she's looking at that is ironic, and um, she says, "My, I didn't laugh. My hand raised automatically, one finger extended." as if to touch the large wooden cross, its dark patina c- contrasting with the lighter tone of the wall. I didn't touch it, though I was curious if the aged wood would feel as silky as it looked. And so she's like, it's just a huge cross. Um, and she's like, is it very old? And he was like, uh, from the early 1630s. And she's like, like why, why does he keep it here? And he goes, nostalgia. It belonged to his father. And so she's like, oh, so his dad collected antiques? And he's like, no, he carved it himself. <laughs> It, it hung on the wall above the pulpit in the vicarage where he preached. Okay. Also, oh, so his dad collected antiques. This man just told you that this cross is from the 1630s. This is the antique. It wasn't, like, are you not, are you not aware of your surroundings? Do you no, not realize that every single person you're talking to is an antique in this, in this mm-hmm. setting? Oh, he collected antiques? For for something to be an antique in, in 1630? I mean, I think, yeah, I, I don't think that she understood how she's old Carlisle was. Okay. I don't think she got how old Carlisle I think she she understands that Carlisle is old, especially because Edward told her he's, you know, his age, or I think the kind of the ballpark, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I think she knows that Carlisle is old, but 1630s old? I don't think she thinks he's, like, that old. Okay. And so she's like, oh, so he collected antiques. She's thinking Carlisle's dad from the 1800s was collecting antiques from the 1630s. Right. And for her to be like, no, he carved this himself. She's like, hold up a second. Puppy breaks. What? Yeah, yeah. And so that's when she goes, wait, how old is Carlisle? And so he says he just celebrated his 362nd birthday. I find it interesting that when talking about Carlisle, Edward goes, he celebrated his 362nd birthday. But when talking about himself, he said that he was 17 and that he's been 17 for a while. Yeah. Could it be because he was trying to, or not trying, he was successfully uh, entering into a romantic relationship with a child? And he was just like, it'd be weird if I said 108. Um, so I'm going to just say 17 and um, that it's been a while. Like a, just like a, a perpetual 17. But don't think about it too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do like, the math. He's like, how old is Carlo? He's like 25, you know. Give or take 340 <laughs> years. Um, uh, 
but no, he's like he he just celebrated his three hundred sixty second birthday, and she's like, I'm sorry, hmm, what's up? Uh, and so she's like, I, you know, like she's like she didn't realize he was that old. He said Carla was born in London in the sixteen forties, which I found really weird that he goes, uh, he believes time wasn't marked as accurately then for the common people anyway, which fair but also i found it weird just like why why throw that in like oh he thinks he was born in 1640s why does that matter how does he not know yeah i'm sorry maybe sorry maybe i'm thinking as a millennial i don't know how you don't know what year you were born in. but not just that but like so here's the thing sorry let me clarify that the point about maybe i'm thinking like a millennial because what i mean to say is maybe i'm thinking of someone who lives in in the 21st century. So to me, we try to find seems a little ridiculous. I'm just like, how do you not how do you not know? That also okay, so then that also makes me feel like is Stephanie Meyer kind of is this a hot take? Is she saying like, do we really know history that well? Because the common folk weren't really like keeping track of time. Um, well yeah, because time is a social construct. So <laughs> constructed by who? And when? Because it certainly existed in sixteen thirty. <laughs> Carlos should have known what year he was born in. Like, I just feel like he should have known. Yeah. I feel like maybe if you if you hit me with some before the Enlightenment um, age, you know. Right. If you talk about okay, like, a, 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 like a, a period, a time period. Fine. Okay. But you're not going to tell me after. the 1640s. I'm so sorry. After the Enlightenment came to Europe. And, you know, there was printing presses and all this. Stuff. What year was the you're Enlightenment? Not, you're not going to tell me. Hold on a second. I'm not wrong about this. No, I didn't say you were. Hold on. I didn't say you, you were. You are not about to tell me that these people didn't know what year they were living in. I just don't... Even the common people? Even the common people. Like, wasn't Charles Dickens writing at this time? No. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay, the Lightning time period was... No, this is before the Lightning time period. You're kidding. 1715 <gasps> to 1789. When did the Gutenberg happen? Definitely not in the 1640s. Shut up! The 1640s only produced two things. Carlisle and that cross. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Okay, I take it back. It is completely plausible that it's, he... Well, okay. ...didn't know when he was born. Carla, it's okay. None of us know ourselves. It's fine. <laughs> he goes, it was just before Cromwell's rule, though. So, I mean... Anyway, back to, <laughs> back to the point. It just seems ridiculous to be like, he's not sure. Okay, because even things that happened in that time were still marked by yeah. time. Like, we still know when certain things were, were created or have an idea. Well, maybe. Well, you know, have an idea, right? Johannes Gutenberg... Uh... uh lived in the 16th century okay okay so so the the printing press he so the printing press was around okay carlo you have no excuse actually i'm sorry he did not live in the 16th century according to wikipedia he lived in the 15th century oh so this is definitely true (laughs) (laughs) this is as this is reliable as carlo's memory apparently according to uh wikipedia johannes I'm not even going to try to say all the other names. Gutenberg was born circa 1400, and he died February 3rd, 1468, further proving that time was measurable by the time that Gutenberg died. Because he was born so circa, circa 1400. But they knew maybe, for sure. But they knew for sure he died February 3rd, 1468. All right, so then what that means is that, Carlisle, you are not more important than Gutenberg. You're not more... You're you, not that girl, you know, Carlisle. You know when you were born. You're just trying to be coy about your age, He's, which is ridiculous because you're 362, or give or he, take. Or um, is he? Or is he? I don't know. Or is he, or is he actually 382? Oh. And he was just like, I might, I'm going through my vampire midlife crisis of denying my actual age. Okay. So like, the best part about this is that we realize <laughs> that we care very little about European history. So what? <laughs> Enlightenment who? Uh, you know, whatever. Anyway, back to this, right? right. His, so he says his mother, uh, his father was an Anglican pastor. This is why our episodes are like an hour long. Yeah. And, the, and it's literally like 15 pages. No, I know. Um, Carlos' father was an Anglican pastor. His mother died while giving birth to him. And then uh, Edward says his father was an intolerant man. And as the Protestants were persecuting the Roman Catholics, he was just like going after like them. And also his father had a deep belief in evil. So he was also going after like monsters and people that he believed to be monsters like witches, werewolves, and vampires. And he ended up killing a lot of innocent people. 
That's no. so weird. They, That's, white, they never do that. White, white guys in, in history never do that. That's so or, weird. Or present. That's so weird. Persecuting innocent people? Is that some, that's something that's not something white people do? No. That's not something white men do. Stop lying on your ancestors, Persecu- Edward. Ah, uh, persecuting people in the name of religion? I don't do that. That's so weird. So anyway, then, anyway <laughs> as he got older, Carlisle's father was like, Well, I you know, I don't I'm like I can't do this anymore. So he put Carlisle in charge of the raids, of looking, of getting people, of finding these monsters. And Carlisle was a little more, uh, I guess, like he was a little smarter than his dad was and a little more like, I'm not going to just accuse someone without any proof. Um, If only current people in power had uh, the same belief that you can't just go around saying things willy-nilly. You can't make rumors true just by repeating them. Yes. So Carlisle believed that you needed proof. In order to accuse someone of something. Carlos not just walking around like, J'accuse! <laughs> You're a witch! Uh, no. He actually did his research, he did his work, and his dad was disappointed in him because he wasn't just accusing people, like, the numbers. He, didn't, he wasn't making the numbers, right? right. But it's because he was actually looking for evil. <laughs> right. I, I, I also feel like it's kind of like, so he says he actually discovered a coven of true vampires that lived hidden in the sewers of the city, only coming out by night to hunt. In those days when monsters were not just myths and legends, that was the way many lived. And I'm just like, I don't see why they lived that way. Why do they hide? Because, it, like, it makes sense if they, you know, if they were, like, exposed or got caught. You know, I just, I, because it's not like, all right, let's entertain the idea that vampires are real. Yes. And that there are vampire hunters. Wait, we weren't, we weren't already entertaining that idea? <laughs> no. no. Um, oh, and oh. that vampire hunters is a thing, right? There's, there's not, it's not like every, like, every place is going to have a Van Helsing, right? It's, it's not like, there isn't like a highly trained vampire assassin that's going to come after every single vampire, like, coven. Uh, why are they hiding? Like, y- right. y'all could literally be out here killing, I mean, just engorging Am I using that word properly? Just like, just because gorging on blood, gorging on blood and human flesh. Like, why is anybody hiding, um, in sewers, in hiding from from this little, this 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 small man who needs to little, like little rinky dink, uh, Carlisle's dad. You know, hi vampires. If you're listening to this podcast, please call us if you've been personally, <laughs> if you've been personally forced into sewers and to live among the. Uh, no, listen, vampires now, like, stay there. Totally stay there. Um, but I just don't, I just, I feel like it's so, it's forced. It, it's true. It to me, it feels kind of like her being like, let me fit this, let me throw a dash of, like, of, for lack of a better term, like, civility into how they lived before. There's no reason for them to have lived this way. They could have literally been out there, particularly because you can't go out. There's a very specific way to kill them. Okay, yeah, like but... Like, there's a very... Hold on. Sorry. There's, it's very particular how you have to kill these vampires. The the Twilight vampires. We're not talking about, like, Interview with the Vampire, where, you know, you put them in the sun and they burst into flames, and you, you round them up and you make them weak, you give them vervain. Like, we're not talking about mm-hmm. very, like, you know, like... How do you kill them, Christine? You rip them off. <laughs> you rip them apart and burn, and burn pieces. their pieces. Right. The iconic Emmett line. Right. So, I just feel like... There's no reason for them to have been hiding. They, for sure, should have had the confidence to be out there being the vampire that they always knew they could be. How long have you been a vampire advocate? <laughs> is this is this new for you? I'm not a, I'm not a vampire advocate. Are you just... planning a career change? <laughs> You're like, housing is a human... And vampire rights. <laughs> Housing is a, a living a, being. A living right. being right. Okay. Uh, um, um, I just, anyway. I, I agree with you, but I also think that she wasn't trying to make this seem civil, especially given the other people that come up later on. Yeah. I feel like she was trying to make them seem uncivil. Like, oh, you know, like, like the dregs of the vampire kingdom or world. And so I think that she was trying to make them seem like less than mm-hmm. to, to show that Carlisle overcame all that. And didn't allow himself to be kind of, like, forced into the shadows the way that they were. Debased. Debased. Yeah. Yes. Um, I also find it hilarious. A hunter becomes a vampire. I, like, that storyline 
Very funny. Yes. It's very funny. Like very who knew that following vampires into their to their sewers where they lived and waiting for them to come out when you had what? This is the sixteen sixties, maybe, maybe, maybe not, we're not sure. And and you had what, like sticks? Like how funny very good right how funny it is that you went there thinking you, you went with a mob right they had like pitchforks and um fire attitude. yeah and what <laughs> attitude. attitude hey buddy not in our city these 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 londoners are like not in my backyard vampires um <laughs> so like that whole thing who knew that that was gonna happen like who knew that you know and then not me so then he of course, the vampire comes out. He's weak because he's so thirsty. Wonderful. Um, Carlisle and the gang uh, chase him, and he turns because he could have outrun them, but Edward says he was, like, too hungry, so he turns around. He descends on Carlisle. descends on Carlisle, but the crowd was right behind them, so he turns around to protect himself. He kills, like, two people and runs off with a third. Nobody bothers to check on Carl because... Car- Carl. Carl. Carl's in the house. That's what I call him. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, nobody bothers to check on Carlisle because, you know, they figure he's dead. So, Carlisle, um, when they go... They, yeah, they, what a shame, they what all, a shame, right, what a shame. They all chase the vampire and Carlisle, like, drags himself. Okay, so this is what he says. Carlisle knew what his father would do. The bodies would be burned. Anything infected by the monster must be destroyed. Carlisle acted instinctively to save his own life. He crawled away from the alley while the mob followed the fiend and his victim. He hid in a cellar, buried himself in rotting potatoes for three days. So then this is when we go into, okay, so he goes, he was like, do you have some more questions? She's like, I do. And so then he tells her, okay, let's go talk to Carlisle. So he takes her to, to Carlisle's uh, study, to his office. And so she comes in and there's books everywhere. Um, and oh my gosh, Carlisle reads. Like he's 362, allegedly. He definitely should have a lot of books. Like, what are you doing with your time? You're not. You're not, and he's he's not uh, eating people, right? Yeah. So... Uh, I mean, honestly, <laughs> if you're not eating people or reading, what are you what doing? What are you doing? Oh, you're the doctor at the local hospital? You're the oh, owner of the local the hospital? hospital? The only doctor? Wow. Okay. So, I I yeah. hate the wood panels in this house. Oh, yeah. It's Why so are dated. The walls, it's dated. Why do the walls have wood panels? Right. It's Is this dated. a log cabin? Is this, did Abraham Lincoln grow up here? I'm so confused about why there are wooden panels on the walls. It, it's just that even, she wrote this in 2005, even in 2005 this that was dated. dated. Yeah. Like, this was some 80s, this was like, the, 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 the way and that the cra- she describes, the way that she describes this house is like how, you know, like a, like a basement party for like somebody's first boy girl party, yeah, I was just where they do like seven, you know, like they spin the bottle, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's in some in somebody's basement, in in like a recent divorcee's basement. I just I feel like it is very dated. And I think what's weird about it is it's like the back side of the house. She says it's all glass, so it's it's all it's all window, which is so that that is a modern look. How do you mix that with those wood panels? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird, but it's like it's a plantation. It's a plantation home on the front. It's wooden panel inside, like and a white. What is it? A white kitchen. A white like everything in the first floor. Various shades of white. Mm-hmm. And then glass, just straight glass, just straight windows. What? The entire backside is just windows. What? Ceiling like, to floor. I, I really, I like. What? What must her house look like? I don't know. But like that. <laughs> What must that house look that, like? I don't know. But that so the, but the thing is like the windows, that is a modern The look. windows for sure is a modern look, but, but together, together with everything else it's crazy. like a cacophony of design. Yeah. Why is this happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why is this happening? Are you okay? <laughs> Esme, are you good? Like who is designing this? And are, and like blink once if they're doing it against your will. Like, are y'all good? Do you need somebody to come in and like I don't understand if they drank human blood they would know better they would they would be, they would they have be some style better. or yeah. something they would have I'm not I'm not and if vampires oh, all right, you're not, not advocating for mythical creatures to kill people good I'm very glad you clarified that so <laughs> he's like he's like he goes oh I was like uh, for the second time this episode I was like not 
not real. Let's, another, another vampires are real. <laughs> um, he goes, I wanted to show Bella some of our history. Well, your history. And she's like, we didn't mean to disturb you. He's like, no, not at all. Uh, where are you going to start? And he goes, oh. And so Edward, like, turns her around to, like, face the, there's a wall that's covered in framed pictures. So he shows her a picture, and he goes, London in the 1650s, Edward said. The London of my youth, Carlisle added. From, I think. I think, possibly. <laughs> from a few feet away. And so then he goes, will you tell the story, Edward asked. And that is the daddy issue hero worship. Uh, like, the way he said, will you tell the story? I could just imagine him, like, turning to Carl, like, please, daddy, tell the story. <laughs> I'm sorry, that sound was supposed to be, like, a simpering sigh. Um... <laughs> Please, Daddy, tell the story. That's Bella. Um, Bella's like, I don't want to hear Carl tell the story. I want to hear you tell the story. Right. And so then he goes, he's like, I would. Okay, first of all, when they came in, he was reading this book. And she says it was like this very thick uh, book that he was reading. He put his bookmark in it. He goes, I would, but I'm actually running a bit late. The hospital called this morning. Dr. Snow was taking a sick day. Besides, you know the stories as well as I do. So if Dr. Snow called out sick and you knew about it from the morning, what are you doing in your study reading a book? You guys are so lost in the story. He was like, oh, wait a minute. What time is it? You probably lived it. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, he's not sure. He's trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos having a fugue. Fugues aren't funny. Fugues aren't funny. Fugues aren't funny. Fugues aren't funny. Uh, Ooh. Uh, so, he's, he's, he found this diary, and he's like, this, 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 I found this diary by this man named Stephen Salvatore. <laughs> no. No. Wait, wait, no. No. What did Stephen, no. Carla's older than Stephen. Well, yeah, allegedly. Um, cause Stephen was around for the Civil War. Stefan did not fight in the Civil War. I didn't say he fought in it. I said he was around Let me for fi- it. Yo, can I finish? Yes, you can. Please. I said <laughs> Stefan was around during the Civil War. He didn't fight. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously later than, than Carlisle. I never said he fought. I know there's only one Salvatore that fought in the Civil War. And we know what side he fought on. Do you think Damon and Jasper knew each other? Yes. Um, yes, they did. And Damon... But Damon if, if, if also, were, this is real. Damon also, um, Damon deserted. So we salute. We salute Civil War deserters. <laughs> on, on the, we salute Confederate soldier deserters. Confederate army deserters. Confe- we salute Confederate army deserters. Gang, gang. But didn't they all desert at one point? Because they were afraid of their, what was going to happen to their, to their uh, virginal white women I, at home? All I know <laughs> right. is that Damon is- Salvatore <laughs> deserted the Confederate army. And that's all that matters. To me? And I live by that. <laughs> um, okay, so back back to the vampires in question. Um, so he went to the house because Dr. Snow was taking a sick day. And then Edward is telling her, she's like, so what happened after Carlisle realized what he was or what happened to him? And he goes, oh, he rebelled against it. He tried to destroy himself, but that's not easily done. And I'm just like, it's very convenient that Carlisle's like, oh, no, I can't live this way. I want to die now. You could have died before. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I'm not I'm not saying he should have uh, but this is very convenient but also he, now that you can't die you want to he goes he tried to drown himself he like he jumped from great great heights like he did a bunch of stuff to try to you know to end his life so you go through all this right you go through all of this like torture and torment about like who you are or what you are now and like feeling like I don't want to be this thing and your solution or, like, your great idea is to make other people into this thing that you yourself don't even want to be. That you yourself spent all this time trying to kill yourself over. Okay. Great. That, yeah, that, that sounds about right. And so then he goes, but he was so repelled by himself. And so he says, the instinct is more powerful when you first turn to just eat people, right? He goes, but he was so repelled by himself that he had the strength to try to kill himself with starvation. And again, this is my question. Like, why is he so special? And then, and then, and then it hit me power positive thinking this is where edward learned it from okay. edward decided he wasn't going to kill bella and so he did it carlisle decided he wasn't going to eat people and so he didn't right but didn't but wasn't carlisle's um the thing that they brought over from their human life wasn't carlisle's compassion or it was like what was it it was like it was like his ability to like care about people it was something like that i don't remember exactly right? what it was. i'll find it 
<laughs> okay. Call out brought his compassion. So I think if we're if we're positing right that each vampire brings over with them something from their human life that is um, heightened now with their vampire powers, and what he brought over with him was his compassion, then that means that his compassion for other people was strong enough as it was heightened by his vampire powers to stop him from eating people, which I understand. But also, hunger. I mean, hunger is, is, is powerful in humans. So I can't imagine in vampires. It, it must be even stronger. Especially with hunger. Like, it's, 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 so, it's so closely tied to survival. Yeah, but which I mean... Were trying, which he was trying not to do. I also feel like... <laughs> you asked how could he. Okay. And I gave you a very good answer okay. as to why there's potential for why how he could. Okay. And so then he's like, he goes, he, one time he was like super hungry and he, as he was hiding like in a cave and some deer passed by and he like lunged at the deer and he started eating them and he realized that he, he regained his strength. And that's when he realized I actually could, I can, I can have deer, I can have animal instead of humans. And so he goes, he could exist without being a demon. And I'm like, no, is that true though? Is that true? Because he condemned a bunch of y'all to this life right. that he didn't even want. So is that true? And then he goes... And then he swam to France. And she goes, he swam to France? She gets caught up on, like, the exactly. Like, this man is telling you this man was born in the 1640s, approximately. And he, all this, all this, you know, wild history. And what you get caught on is that he swam to France? Yeah. And then Edward's like, um, people swim the channel all the time, Bella. And he, the way he said it, he was like, you idiot. So then she, she keeps interrupting him. And he, she was like, no, just keep telling me I want to interrupt again. And he tells her, technically, we don't need to breathe. And she's like, oh, so you don't need to, you just don't need to breathe. And it's like, girl, they're dead. They're dead, girl. No, they don't need to breathe. Yeah, I feel like, seriously, why is she that? She has this thing where he tells her, oh, yeah, and this and this and that. And he's telling her, like, details about who they are, what they're like, and all this other stuff. And she still has, like, these moments of, like, shock. And I'm like, he, he opened with the most shocking. He yeah. is a vampire. Yeah. And he drinks people's blood. That is the most shocking. Mm-hmm. Let's not sit here and pretend that anything else he could tell you, confess to you, whatever, from that point on... Is more shocking than that. Is in any, in any way, way shocking. Shocking or surprising past, I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. <laughs> and I drink human blood. I, I, I just, I don't, I wanted to kill you and drink your blood. Like, I don't know how you can sit there and be like, swim to France when, when, when he opened. Y'all don't breathe. When he opened with this thing. Right. No, you're right. And, and even if the vampire thing and the wanting to have killed, wanted, having wanted to kill, you know what I'm saying. You know, even if those two things were not, like, shocking enough to be like, to be like everything else by comparison to this is like, meh. The fact that Mez reads people's minds is right. also pretty ridiculous. Yeah. And, like, how are you surprised by anything past that? I don't understand. Yeah. And I just feel like, anatomy-wise, biologically, girl, they're dead. They're dead. Like, why is it surprising that they don't breathe? They don't need to breathe. And so then he goes, he's, like, telling her all this stuff. He goes, I'm still waiting for it to happen. And she said, for what to happen? He's like, for you to run away from me, screaming as you go he goes i won't stop you i want this to happen because i want you to be safe and yet i want to be with you the two desires are impossible to reconcile first of all it's a lie he doesn't want that to happen second of all this is just him doing what he does this thing he's manipulating her saying Mm -hmm. oh no i'm waiting for you to run away it'll hurt me if you do but it's fine it's best for you and in her mind she's like i could never hurt you i could never hurt you i'm not gonna do anything at all to hurt you i want to make this easier for you I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to run away. And he's just like, oh, no, but you should. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. He's just doing that thing where he's manipulating her. It's a lie. He doesn't want her to leave. But he just wants to make it sound that way. So she's like, no, I would never do that to you. Anyway, this man. So you could say he's a good guy out loud without being a good guy inside. Thank you. You know who never said he was a good guy but had good guy tendencies? Not all the time. <laughs> not all the time. Let's let's be clear. Let it let. Let's be clear. Let the record show. Let the record show. He had a lot of questionable uh, uh, ideas, <laughs> beliefs, behaviors. But Damon Salvatore never pretended to be a good guy. 
David Salvatore never pretended to be a good guy when he wasn't a good guy. In fact. In fact. He was always like, I'm not that guy, Elena. Okay, we have to, okay, at some point we have to stop talking about Vampire Diaries. Do we? <laughs> Do we? I, you know, they were going to take, they were going to take Vampire Diaries off of Netflix when I made a call. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Appreciate you. Um, so then Carlisle swam to France and, you know, he realized that he could, he could continue to eat animals and be around people and kind of blend in with them. And so he started to go to university, study music, science, medicine. And so then he says, he started to study medicine and found his calling, his penance in saving human lives. It goes, his expression became odd, almost reverent. More hero worship. But what I want to kind of see is here, that he says, penance, but penance for what? If Carlisle turned and never hurt anyone in his turning, Carlisle was a mensch about his transformation. What is the penance for? This is, this is where Edward begins doing his, like, oh, he's doing penance for not having a soul. Very heavy-handed, Stephanie. But also, I feel like maybe it was because now that he is a vampire, he killed vampires. And maybe it's a penance for... Oh, more for that. Fair point. For the lives that he took that, that he took. Human. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'd buy it. Um, and then and then in the next page, he says that he's able to, um, because he worked on his self-control, it was a very torturous effort. He worked on his self-control. He could do the work he loves without agony. And so then he goes, then he went to Italy and he found others like him. They were much more civilized and educated than the raids of the London sewers. Mm-hmm. Can we get, is, is Stephanie Myers, is her family from Italy? Um, because London vampires, uh, got sewers and were called uncivilized. They were called raids. Huh? And, uh, it's what they were. Well, yeah. But he's like, um, so he says that in Italy, he discovered others and they were more civilized. So, and there, there was a picture, there's, cause, cause, you know, he's, he's explaining to her, to her Carlisle's history and showing her pictures. There was a picture of this very ornate frame and it was colorful and it was like, she was like, was it like based off Greek mythology because there were these beautiful, what she considered like godlike people. And it was actually Carlisle and the boys, uh, the, the Volturi, which is the, the Italian of vampires, Errol, Marcus, and Caius, and, uh and Carlisle and so he was with them they were like you know kind of like in the picture it showed kind of like a scene of chaos and debauchery debauchery thank you and so um he had to leave them because they were trying to convince him and he was trying to convince them they told him that he was kind of like turning away from what he actually is and not his eating his like what he should be eating by eating animals and so they couldn't agree so then he left and then I hate this hate this very much Carlisle decided to try the new world um but Carla came into the new world, and now he was working in a hospital during the influenza epidemic, uh, the Spanish flu, of course, and he was working nights in, in the hospital in Chicago, and he says he'd been turning over an idea in his mind for several years, and he'd almost decided to act. Since he couldn't find a companion, he would create one, um, which is just which is, is a douchebag move, <laughs> bro. I'm sorry that you're alone, and you can't convince anyone to have a conscience with you, but like... What gives you the right to create someone else into this life that you didn't like? And so then he goes, there, there, was, there was no hope for me. I was left in a ward with the dying. He had nursed my parents and knew I was alone. He decided to try. And I'm just like, Stephanie, this doesn't sound like he's some benevolent guy who did something for someone who was dying. This doesn't sound, what you're, it just doesn't sound like what you're trying to make it sound like. I, I just imagine Carl smothering Edward's parents with pillows. <laughs> So that he, he's like, I want the boy for myself. I want a son. He has great copper hair. Do you okay. see his hair? Do you know who has well, copper that hair? That is going to hit with lily white vampire skin. My dad, my father had copper hair. Oh, God. Okay? Because why in the world? Okay, so so Carla says, I'm trying to find a companion. And he gets a son? Because he wants to be a papa. Because of his daddy issues. He passes daddy issues to Edward. Right, right, but also I don't know that his daddy issues made him want to be a father. I think that he knew better, right? Like, so he he got educated. He knew now that there's a better way to 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 live, essentially, and he wanted to pass that on. So he wanted to be a he wanted a progeny. He wanted he wanted someone to. Okay, and I don't think that that's rooted in like my dad was a bad dad, so I want to be a good dad. I think it's rooted in like I I. I want to be able to teach someone else what I know. And, like, and be... I know you're going to be like, stop. But could it be 
that because he couldn't get someone to go along and enter into this life with him, he couldn't teach this and couldn't teach loyalty. Or he couldn't, he couldn't gain loyalty from someone else. He could teach it, though. Like, you can't, like, buy that kind of loyalty. But if you create someone, right, and you teach them from their... Like, you know... But if that, if, that, if that were the case, then Edward never would have left. That's true. That's true. Okay. And, and Edward did leave. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess... So, your argument, you're saying that you don't think it's about daddy issues. I don't think Carlo had daddy issues. Really? I don't. I think that Carlo but, had... But, okay, so 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 the huge cross that his father... I think that's his own thing of, like... I his think, history? I think you can remember the past without having unresolved feelings about the past. What? <laughs> I know, it's wild. What? Yeah. Where they do that at? I don't know. I think that you don't necessarily have That's to. the most mythical thing I've read so far <laughs> in this entire story. I buy, I'll buy the vampires, I'll buy the werewolves. But you can you can remember the past without feeling these unresolved feelings? What? And even if you have unresolved feelings about it, I don't think that it has to stop you from moving forward. What? I'm just saying. What? <laughs> You're like, who are you? <laughs> Is this... <laughs> Is this? Are you writing? This is like a companion, a companion mythology book. Time to go along with this. I'm writing. I'm writing. I'm writing the uh, the uh, uh, like a companion book about uh, mental health for vampires. <laughs> oh, I see. And that, now I understand the advocacy. <laughs> the advocacy is coming through now. I understand now. Okay. Well, I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. I'll buy it once you once you write it. I think. <laughs> I think Edward definitely has daddy issues, but it, I don't. And in a way, I don't think it is necessarily daddy issues specifically. I think it's that he doesn't really have any kind of recollection of his parents, mm-hmm. and that may go back to the fact that, like you know, there, whether it's because of poverty, whatever the reason is, there might have been. So like he lived in the nineteen whenever. Um, you know, kids were out working. Like kids had full time jobs by the time they were like eight. So like. He might not have had an actual relationship with his parents. So he doesn't remember them. He knows that they died of, of the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. But as far as parents go and like Carlos relationship in a in a in a loving, caring and like looking out for you kind of way, what we know is that Carlisle is 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 what that is is who that was for him. So I don't know that it's necessarily daddy issues. I think it's just kind of like, you know. Can we agree that it's like daddy issue adjacent? For sure, and I and I'm also not saying that it's not daddy issues, but I'm just saying that um, that this idea of like my dad is the best isn't isn't automatic. Not all my dad is the best are daddy issues, and but no, okay, got it. But so, do you think that it could be that his idea of Carla being the best is because? Is because he left him for a time. And, like, that guilt of having left him. I think it's not just the guilt. It's also the, like, bro, this is hard work. And and he did it. Big and he did Carl. it on his own. Big ups to Carl. He didn't have a yeah. support system to help him through that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's a lot of things that sort of factor in. And I think he, tr- I think he trusts Carlisle implicitly. Do you think he trusts like, trust Carlisle implicitly because he can read Carlisle's mind? Could be. Could be. So he knows that this is an, a generally good guy. Right. Because he said, he goes... In his in his in his mind, he's a gentleman because like, he says I could I could hear I couldn't I see I saw his perfect sincerity he called it right 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 so like I guess it, it does help that he could read his mind I mean that he knows that it's not coming from a bad place yeah whatever it is that he's telling him and what he's like instructing him to do to be perfectly clear Carla is still trash for having turned people without their consent yeah but I think that he is able to see that he is genuine in his care and in his and in his. You know. Yeah, so like, so like the turning them aside, the, like putting that aside for a minute, in, in the, the instructing them, in, in the instructing them His how to live. His leadership of them? Right, got it. Mm-hmm. Is genuine, it's genuine and sincere, yeah. and I think mm-hmm. he sees that and he yeah. respects it. Okay. I agree. And so then he goes, uh, so he talks we about. We started being like, I, 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 sorry, this sort of pivoted into being like, no, Carlos still trash. Yeah, 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 <laughs> He's still yes, trash. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but I can, I can see some of, I can see the virtue. Yeah, uh, I can see some of the virtues that he has. I still feel like Edward idolizes him too too much. I, I feel like what I find interesting is that anyone who listens to this can tell very clearly, or very, can tell very plainly, like how you approach something like this in a character and how I approach it. Like I'll be like, 
I mean, you're like, there's nuance. And I'm like, there's not no nuance. He bad or he good, period. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> My therapist told me that, too. So he, he, he tells her, you know, like, he left Carlisle for a little while. He had, like, a rebellious um, uh, teen stage. He left him, and um, he goes, I thought that I would be exempt from, like, you know, the depression that came with having a conscience, but he, and so when he started to eat people, he did eat people, when he started to do that, he went after the bad guys. So people who, he could read their minds, so he knew who was a good person, who knew who was a bad person, and he knew, like, some, you know, a murderer or a rapist, he was gonna eat those guys. Um, and, like, to be honest, like, you know, a social service, right? But, um... A public service. A public service. Not a, well, well, okay, a public service. <laughs> Now, he goes, if I followed a murderer down a dark alley where he stalked a young girl, if I saved her, then surely I wasn't so terrible. Okay, that's his justification for himself, you know, killing people. Now, she says, I shivered, imagining only too clearly what he described. The alley at night, the frightened girl, the dark man behind her. Christine? Yes. Did Edward describe the man as dark? No. He described the alley as dark, yes? Yes. Okay. And Stephanie described the alley as regular alley. Mm-hmm. And the man is what? Dark. Dark. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. I what mean, are we doing here? I, I do think, though, that here she's kind of saying it as, like, she's using it in, like, this, like, in, in unseen, like, you don't, you can't see Yeah, but, you, I, but like. I also feel like there's a better way to say that. You could yeah, say yeah, yeah. and still bring across the point that someone you can't see, you could say the dark figure following behind right, her. Right, right, right. You don't have to say the dark man following behind That's her. True. It doesn't make no sense. It don't make no sense, Stephanie. Very true. Unless you're trying to say the dark man. You're not saying, like, you could say dark figure. A dark figure would have been appropriate. Yeah. Because even he didn't specify a man. He said, if I followed a murderer down a dark alley and I saved her, I wasn't so terrible. And she made the distinction, a dark man. Feminist icon Edward. Some women <laughs> can be killers, too. Listen. Women can women. be serial killers and murderers, too. too. It's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2005 where Edward is and he believes women can be killers too and he gonna find out anyway um, and so then he goes I went back to Carlisle and Esme and so he goes he's still giving her the tour he goes my room he informed me opening the door and pulling me through and I don't understand why is he pulling her through the door I don't get it she's walking she's 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 you know, yeah, but I also think that, you know, like, I, so I see this as, like, he just, like, held her hand through the door. I think that Stephanie Myers just has, like, a very bad way of phrasing these things. What? I don't see that as, like, I don't see that, when I read it, I didn't see it as, like, him literally yanking her through the door. I saw it as, like, him holding her hand and, like, pulling her through, like, just kind of walking in and, like, and, like, pulling her along. But I do think that she just, she's not very good at describing things. Yeah, because I saw pulling me through, and I'm like, but sir, but why? Yeah. Sir, why? The girl is walking of her own volition to your room. Why the pull? Anyway. But also, that's not that far a stretch because of how he's been physically with her in the past and has essentially kind of pulled her, picked her up. Normalized this weird way of handling her, manhandling her. Right. And so she goes, the western wall was completely covered with shelf after shelf of CDs. And this is dating. Mm -hmm. But it makes sense because at that time, there were shelves after shelves of CDs. Yeah. I guess. Um, The worst part of this entire description of this room is his golden carpet. Ma'am. How dare you? Ma'am. How dare you? The floor was covered with a thick golden carpet and the walls were hung with heavy fabric in a slightly darker shade. This man had, like, I don't, like, honeycomb? I, I it was, it, it's, it's, I horrendous. am disgusted. It's horrendous. It's horrible. And look, I am not the pinnacle of, like, fashion. But how dare you? Like, I, I don't, I don't understand. You know, you know Honestly, what's not me, me you being surprised that he had a golden carpet <laughs> when this man was wearing a shirt with no sleeves and a collar. <laughs> Good point. Okay, so I find this personally irritating. And, like, you know, down with the bourgeoisie. and Like, Like still down with the bourgeoisie. Like, eat the rich. Still eat the rich. But rich people who don't, like, if you have the money to live in a home that isn't tacky, why are you living in a home that's tacky? 
you know, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like if you have the money, why? It, it's like it's like fool's gold, right? Like pirate. Like if you have like money for gold, right? If you have money for gold. Why are you, you know, just dripping your house in pyrite? Right. It doesn't make any sense. Right, and I just don't get it. Like this whole house is so. This whole house screams. Like new money. I don't know how nouveau riche. Nouveau yes. riche. Yes, exactly. This whole house screams East Egg. Oh my gosh! You didn't. You didn't say this is Gatsby's house. <laughs> you didn't. Gatsby's house is gauche. I'm sorry. Gauche. I love him, but it's 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 gauche. Yeah. No. This is like somebody was like, okay, now you're rich. Now go act rich. And Esme was like, don't tell me twice. And then went to like Home Goods instead of, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, and look, shouts to Home Goods, but like, and you know, like, that's okay. But let's not sit here and act like you have millions of dollars and this is what your house is gonna be looking like. It's just not. It's a red herring. She's like, how, how you got like a phantom in the garage and your house looks like this? My man, make it make sense. A gold carpet? A um, golden carpet. Um, that's it. That's all I'm no, saying on this. That's, no, that's it. Absolutely not. And so she calls his, his CD collection mind-boggling. You know, honestly, uh, at that time, you know, we <laughs> you had like 25 CDs from Direct CD Club or whatever it is. So the fact don't that he even, had so many. Don't even. <laughs> the fact that he had so many, so many of them was, uh, I guess it is impressive. And so then he goes, um, I was that's why they can't afford like proper, <laughs> proper. Like, Edward, you and your CDs, we can't even get a, a a regular house. They can't afford the walls. That's why everything's a window in the backyard. Uh, towards the backyard. So he goes. Carlos pulling extra shifts at the hospital. <laughs> Doctor Snow's not out sick. Carlos killed Doctor Snow so, so he, he can take <laughs> I was prepared to. So he says I was prepared to feel relieved having you know about everything. Not needing to keep secrets from you, but I didn't expect to feel more than that. I like it. It makes me happy. And it's like, it's selfish because this, this is going to weigh down on her. All this, all this knowledge that she has, like that she has to make these like very, uh, I mean, she should have the knowledge to make these decisions. I don't know. I think she's in a, I don't, I, I think she is perfectly fine. Okay. I think she's okay with it. I think she actually prefers to have this information. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. She and I, I, it does make sense. And I feel like I feel like I would prefer it too. But I think at the same time, it's like you know when someone gives you all this information and like these like secrets and stuff, it feels kind of like a burden that's less on them. And I guess that's black and white thinking. Um, mm-hmm. it, it seems like the burden is on the person. Because it's not a, it's, it's yeah it's, it's not a burden no. to share his truth with her. <laughs> You put in that you book? It's also what she wants. Right. More importantly, it's what she wants. Empathetic Queen Bella. Okay. I mean, so she goes, she's like, you're still waiting for me to run and scream uh, away from you, but it's not going to happen. I don't find you scary at all. And he goes, you really shouldn't have said that. Then he chuckled. He growled a low sound in the back of his throat. His lips curled back over his perfect teeth. His body shifted suddenly, half crouched, tense like a lion about to pounce. She goes, you wouldn't. And I didn't see him leap at me. It was much too fast. And he, like, grabbed her, like, knocked her into the couch. And he was, like, holding her so she didn't, like, hurt herself. She goes, but I was still gasping as I tried to right myself. It's... Go ahead. And he goes, I... he wasn't having... She... she goes, he wasn't having that. He curled me into a ball against his chest, holding me more securely than iron chains. I glared at him in, in alarm, but he seemed well in control of his jaw, relaxed as he grinned. His eyes bright only with humor. Um, and then he goes, you were saying, he growled playfully, like, none of this makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. None of this makes sense. This is what, this is the day after the medal. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but also, it's just stupid. I, I, listen, I hate this. I hate this whole thing of like, why I'm gonna, like, playing at attacking her? That's not funny. That's not it's funny. It's not, and it's also an unnecessary risk. It's risky enough being around her. Why would you do that? And then, some other stuff that isn't funny. Yeah. Alice is like, can we come in? And she goes, it sounded like you were having Bella for lunch. And we came in to see if you would share, Alice and Alice. <laughs> Good one, Alice. No, that's not funny. So he goes, oh, um, there's going to be a thunderstorm later on. Jasper says there's going to be a thunderstorm later on. Emma wants to play baseball. And then uh, Alice goes, you should, of course, bring Bella. And Jas- she goes, I thought I saw Jasper throw a quick glance at her. And he did because that was a stupid suggestion. And so, first of all, baseball already, that same night, 
this is all going so fast. But also, so slow. But, yes. How but is also, it still the same day? Right. But but the, but the events happening are very fast. Yeah. Now also, Alice could see that there was gonna be a thunderstorm. She could see that it wasn't gonna rain. And then she goes, let's see if Carlisle wants to come. And then Jasper's like, like, if you don't know, ha ha ha, because she can see the future. But she didn't see the vampires who were also in town coming to play with them after they heard the sound of the vampire baseball. Well, I think that the reason for that might be because they may not have decided. They didn't decide to join the game until they heard the sound of the game. So remember... Alice sees the future, but it all depends on the decisions being made in real time. In real time. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Okay. Yeah, that was about last minute. I was like, I don't understand. And she's like, um, the storm will hit over the town, but we should be dry in the clearing. And Bella's like, uh, sure. And so then she goes like, Vamp- and she's like, what are we going to play? And Edward goes, you're going to watch. We're going to play baseball. She goes, vampires like baseball? And he goes, it's the American pastime. He said with mock solemnity. And like, so what? <laughs> What that got to do with vampires? American uh, baseball is in, is the American pastime, not fraud voting. Imagine I was like, oh, we're gonna go play, you know, America's America's favorite pastime. And Bella, but like, like imagine like hella woke Bella be like subjugation of the poor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no Bella baseball, jeez. Anyway, that's it. The next chapter is the oh, game. Gosh. We're gonna go do America's favorite pastime. Bella's like uphold white supremacy. Yeah, that that we're gonna do, but we're also gonna play baseball. <laughs> we're gonna do that. We'll always we'll always do that. Um, so next week we'll be talking about the game. So that's it for now. I guess we where did we land on Carlisle being? Is this his, his villain origin story, or is this just like is Carlisle just a guy? I think Carl. I think I think Carla is just a guy who made some very questionable choices. Um, with I think he I think Carlisle made some decisions that were rooted in two things. Seeing other people in need and wanting to be able to meet that need in some way, like mm-hmm. people dying. And then also, it it partly came out of his own trauma of like having lived the last however hundred years alone. Alone. Without anyone to kind of share in that life. So, I... It's it's not okay. It it's no excuse for what he did without consent without consulting with people and kind of like and also the fact that he actually like looked for people who weren't gonna be missed. It's creepy. That is very creepy. I mean, here's the thing: is that it is creepy, but it's also is it smart? Yeah, it's smart. It's not just and and I guess if you wanted to make the case for Colin not being a terrible guy. You could sort of look at it as, like, if these people were such that would not be missed by anyone, um, then then the argument can be made that, like, no one would... Like, these people, there's no one to carry their memory. Right. He's now, by including them in his family, giving them an opportunity to sort of exist in an important way to other people in, okay. within his family unit. I don't think that that's the case. I think that, like, it's still reprehensible what he did in interning people without their consent. But I do think that it, it wasn't... I don't think it was born from evil. I think it was born from, like, wanting to help, but also his extreme loneliness. And, like... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, because she's going to be working on her um, her thesis about why the vampires are all reacting in from a place of trauma um, and helping them through her new service which is going to be vampire counseling thank you for joining us Bye. bye